This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Seize your moment with Inglis in 2023. Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogs online now at inglis.com.au. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Welcome to Winners with Gareth Hall. Yes, this is winners on this wonderful Saturday of racing. Of course, the 13th of May. Good morning to you listening on your local SEN track dial right across the country. And a big hello to you, wherever you may be listening on the SEN app. We've got Group 1 Racing in Brisbane. It's the two-minute Dubin 10,000 there today. Giga Kick, I think he's the best sprinter or one of the best sprinters in the land. Maybe I wish I wins the best at the moment, but he's not far away, this three-year-old, and he dominates the market. For today's Group 1 in the, the Queensland at Doombin. Looking forward to seeing what he can do. We've got the South Australian Derby there at Morpherville. One of my favourite races is the Andrew Ramson. You win this race and you get that free ticket into our greatest race, the Melbourne Cup. That will be the highlight there at headquarters at Flemington today. We've got a terrific meeting at Scone as they wrap up their carnival. And it's always great to have racing back at Belmont. In the West, this is their first of the winter meetings, basically, and the Belmont Sprint at Group 3 level at uh, weight for age over the 1,400 metres is the highlight there. We'll find you winners with our experts throughout the morning. We've got Nicholas Quinn to join me just after 11 o'clock. I think with Dan Cobby as well. So for race card, looking forward to that. There's some terrific Greyhound racing. There's a, a race series at Dubbo that starts tonight, and she's a pearl. One of the great greyhounds of the modern era will be going around there and she'll definitely be the highlight. We've got some terrific harness racing as well tonight. And if you love your basketball, it doesn't get any better because it's game six between the Lakers and the Warriors a little later on. And it's the Lakers dominating the market there with pickle bet. So looking forward to seeing if LeBron can close out that series against the Warriors and the Knicks and the Heat are about to start shortly. So Ollie Landis will be giving us He's at Multi. And don't forget at New Plymouth today, Kempe, who joined me on Giddy Up on Thursday for our punters club, declared this horse as the bet of a century on a heavy track, making its debut. <laughs> it's a two-year-old. It's been heavily supported. So Kempe hosts, of course, the breakfast show with Izzy. So looking forward to seeing um, how that galloper goes as well. But this is winners for Kilmore Toyota. Ready when you are. KilmoreToyota.com.au. English, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. And try top four betting today. All new at Pickle Bet. But let's get stuck into our winners on this Saturday morning with the opening bell. The opening bell with Julian Valance and Jack Dickens. Hello to you, Jack Dickens. Good morning. Good morning, G. Good morning, everyone. How are you going? I'm very well. It's a great day of racing today. I'm looking forward to the basketball as well. Phenomenal day of sport, G. Yes. Doesn't get any better. SEN Track's very own Tom Papley. Game 150 today. Is it? Congratulations, Tommy Papley. Yeah, big, big deal. Swan should win as well. They play Fremantle or Hopeless. I think they'll kill them. I think I was the only one, Jules, that uh, tipped the Tigers last night. And the, the Tigers are back and they defeated your cats. Good morning to you. Good day, guys. Yeah, no, I don't know if you're the only one. I'd... Yeah, um, I think there's a few out there that gave him half a hope. But um, were they well back the Tikes? 
idea, but I had something small on them. Let's put it that way. So, you know, good well, start. Go. I, I dogged it. I had the half timeline, Jules. Okay. Right. I thought uh, they'd start well, play. but I didn't think they'd go through with it. Yeah. I don't get to play into those spaces too often, but I just thought uh, I had a few out the cats last night, didn't I? Yeah, the, danger out, fun bet sort of areas, but know, you know. I know we're getting outside of our, our wheelhouse, sure but are. what about the basketball? Is the NBA popular with the punters? I think it, oh, it's like, extremely popular. Yeah, they love extremely it. Extremely popular. It's not my go, but no. um, plenty out there love it. Absolutely. So, and it's pointing end of the season, so um, a bit on the line, isn't it? And I tell you what, Jules, Big I, was game at, today. I was at a Big Richmond game. pub last night, and I met some of your family, and they are lovely people. Absolutely okay, yeah. adorable people. And um, a cheerio because they'll be listening this morning. Alana and a friend Tara. There you go. Your cousin Alana from Ballarat. Good Ballarat Swans people as well. Yeah. And on behalf of myself and all the listeners out there, just full credits to Jules today. Sounding normal. Um, looks like, sounds to me like he's actually probably where he lives. And, and I, uh, I'm excited for today's show. And I, I did ask your cousin, does Jules really feed his bulldog custard? Well, um, Alana wouldn't know whether I did have a bulldog, but okay. uh, got an Australian Shepherd, but anyway, we'll move on. All right, then. Now, <laughs> the opening bell is all about trying to analyse these markets, and there's been a couple of, well, there's one big scratching Queensland today. The Queensland Derby favourite is out of the rough habit, which is the traditional lead-up towards the, the Queensland Derby, but if you're backed... Um, the Chris Waller train galloper, Kovalika in the Derby. It's okay because it's only got a foot abscess. We'll race in the Doombin Cup next week and then go on towards the Derby. But let's have a look at the Doombin 10,000. And Jules, I think Giga Kick, well, he's he's going to be a short price favourite, but what price will he start? Might just about start what he is now, that $1.65, $1.70. He's pretty solid uh, at that price. And for all the reasons that we understand, I mean, he's he's an exceptional galloper. Um, he's only sort of early in his prep as well, which is a really positive. I think the gate's important for him. We know Doom and Kendi on speed. I think Eduardo coming out probably helps Giga Kick a little bit in just the fact that he might not be that far off. It might be a tighter, compacted field than what, say, if Eduardo was to be in it. And I always think if it's a tight field, it doesn't really matter where you are. If you've got the best 10 of foot in the last 400 metres, you're going to be able to get over the top of them. So... I think it sets up really well with Digger Kick. The market wants to be with him. There's a few sort of gaps around him, like Mizzou. You know, you can see it probably being double figures. Even as Cabin's got, you know, a hole in it around that $5.50, I think you'll get better than that. So from that perspective, um, I don't think you're going to get much better than the $1.70. Uh, I'd be surprised if we got to a dollar eighty. but Dicko, you might have a different point of view. I think the only way you're going to get a better price is if someone enormous decides that Cabin... You know, or Valana is a is overs and knock it off. Otherwise, it's going to just be a, a bit of a dull sort of betting race. To be honest, yeah. it's just going to be yeah, dollar sixty, dollar seventy ish, and you know, probably too good for him. I do think App Cabin does hold some keys. Like it can settle a fair bit closer than Giga Kick, drawn well, J Mac. You know, if the track's shown that you want to be up and on, um, potentially that might swing that way. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't move a whole lot and like I completely agree with Jules. App cabin will soften and Villana softens, but potentially with a track pattern, maybe we see something. I'm interested yeah. to to see what the market does with Villana Jules. I know that they've got a lot, a lot of time for this galloper and he just didn't like Perth and it didn't go his way when he was over there. He had a foot abscess and he was scratched from the winter bottom and then he drew gate one in that 1400 meter race and it was just a nightmare. 
But I, I loved his first up effort. I think that they believe he's a Group One horse. No yeah. Nash though. No Nash, but Brad Brad rides, and I think Brad's it. I'd love to see his stats, especially in WA. He didn't get too many opportunities, but at the he only can ride a, a certain weight. But um, I, I've got no problem with Brad riding Jules. Is the market coming for him? Is there any love? Not really. Like, he's solid enough, but there's still also a whole... You could easily go, well, he actually still might start $13, $14. Like, yep. there's that possibility as well. Um, Digo's right. I mean, he's drawn the gate, gate one, that you can see sometimes the market trending towards after they've seen a few races, because we do know inside up at Zoom and can play into that positive space. So he's, he's one that could clearly tighten up if we saw five or six races yep. going... Uh, that way. Otherwise, I don't think he's going to be a, a massive guy. I agree. I thought his run was first up, but it's now all of a sudden you're taking on Giga Kick at weight for age, whereas yeah. if he was running against Giga Kick in a straight break, he might be getting five or six kilos. So I think he could possibly maybe get to a group one, but I just don't know if a weight for age right now is his go. But, you know, he's sort of around about a 10% chance in, in one right now. Now, the rough, uh, the rough habit plate today was hurt by scratchings, of course, or the scratching of the the odds on favour in, in Cova Leaker. What do we learn from that, Dicko, when a, a short price favourite is taken out of the market? And when how long how long does it take for it to, to, to reshape in a way? I'd almost I reckon it's like almost twenty minutes out till they decide to do something because it's kind of yeah. you know, you've done your work on a Wednesday and a Thursday to set up for a race and you probably had a bet and and now no one knows what to do. So they wait till the bigger guys who bet day to day decide what we do here. Um I wouldn't force anything in this race. No, like if you like stroke of luck, Jill. So I like stroke of luck to defeat his favourite on Thursday. We had a chat to Johnny O'Shea and he was bullish. He says, Gareth, he just needs some luck, this horse. And if he gets it, it'll be mighty hard to beat. Now we were getting $9 there. The favourite comes out. So what, what's your advice to a punter like me that liked a horse at $9 and now he's four sixty after scratchings? Yeah, you like him, you liked him at $9 when you had a short price favourite in the race. So. Yeah. For that to come out, you know, possibly a 50% chance or an even better 55% chance horse to come out of the race and you liked him at $9, well, then I think there's value in his price right now. Um, yeah. He's probably the one that I think tightens up from this 460 from what I can see. He's drawn that inside. He's got Nash. There's some positives there just from a pure profile perspective of Doombin. Um, and then I'm not taking into account the form factor. So... Yeah, he's the one that I can see right now that sort of tightens up. I think if you like the vowels, I think you're going to get better than what's currently available. So um, if, you know, you see 350, 360, I think you're going to get better than that at some stage through betting. So I don't think there's any need to sort of play there. And yeah, as I stated, I think stroke of luck and, and even uh, so dazzling down the bottom. Who's, who could, you know, he's, this horse is tight enough right now, but drawn 16, is that going to be not ideal as we get, you know, yeah. five or six races. So there's possibility that there's a hole there. So um, stroke of luck to me from a market perspective is the most solid in this race. And let's have a look at, at the spirit of boom. This is a two-year-old race that I'm excited about because you've got some horses that we've seen and they've been exposed like an empire of Japan. Sovereign Fund's been around for a little while. He's second up from a break. And then you've got a horse like this Philly Appen girl that Matty Hoisted says she's well above average. When I had a chat to him yesterday, she's unbeaten his daughter of capitalist. And then J-Mac would have had the option, I would imagine, of a few rides here. But he's stuck with Coolmore and Chris Waller with armed forces. And armed forces, well, he gets a firmer track today. So, Dicko, 
this market will be fascinating, especially yeah, towards the I, back I th- end. I think Appengel's real, really, really solid. Like really, really solid. Yeah. I don't know if J Mac gets a choice with uh, with Coolmore. I think he sort of is committed sometimes. I wouldn't lead like look into that too deeply. Yeah. Um, I think Empire of Japan will be backed. We won't get much bigger than sort of six fifty, and um. Yeah, that's probably about it. I think that Armed Forces, I mean, Appengirl is going to start a clear favourite. Jules? I'd agree with that. And and I think it's important to talk about these horses that are sort of, you know, on debut or lightly raced and that they're... So we know they're going to be solid early because there's a big wrap on them. So they know there's going to be money early doors for these horses. It's the last 10 minutes that the punter has to realise that these horses can possibly get soft and do not worry about it too much. And I think this is a perfect example. If this happened, girl, was to you know hold its price, which it looks a hundred percent like it's likely to do right now, or even shorten in a little bit, I think that's a, a significant go in these kinds of two-year-old races. So I think the punter just doesn't need to get too gun shy when these horses that we haven't really seen before um, get soft in the market, because it's just as we've talked about it a lot. They're just these bigger guys don't have any have a real true set sample size on them. And just to clarify, back to the the good race with Brad versus Nash. Brad's going at twelve percent his last fifty, losing thirty five percent level staking at SP. Yeah, riding in softer in a softer jurisdiction, whereas Nash is just losing like pot at flat staking at SP, but he's going at twenty two percent, riding against the best of the 100%. best. So the market's going to take a negative attitude towards the jockey switch. Yeah. So but, if you like Valana, I'll be waiting. But that's when you at like when you analyze. So you analyze sporting contests and Jules and Dicko, you might think I'm wrong here, but if you analyze Brad Wheeler compared to Nash in his last 50 rides, it, Brad, it's hard to get a, a gauge because he can only ride at, um, a certain weight and he's come back from Perth to, to, to New South Wales when he was riding for um, some of the biggest stables, but he had to go to provincial areas and you just don't know what kind of horses he was riding. His last 12 months, though, he's going at 15.7% yeah. and he's losing at 20. So... I just, I just think the market's going to respect the, the switch and take a negative approach to it, which you don't have to. I'm just saying if you no. want to back Valana, I it's think that's what the market will do it? and wait. It's an advantage if you're a punter and you believe in Brad Bewiller and you think that it doesn't matter who's riding that gallop because you are oh, getting a better price. 100%. It's, it, the, the trick to punting is buying low. So you want to get these riders, get these stables when the market's off them and they're about to swing back into form because they all go up and they all go down and they just keep doing it all the way. All year long. I want to play just a quick grab of Paul Snowden talking about the king that goes around in this spirit of boom because I want to bring up something after this grab. He's probably the one that's sort of sliding under the radar a fraction and there's no doubt he'll probably improve off the back of this into seven furlong in the size um, where the other two horses remain to be seen if they're going to take that next step into that 1,400 metre run. So, um, yeah, like to look like to look about the whole three of them um, and, and keen to see what, um, the king can do uh, up in up in class there on Saturday. When I was like talking to Paul there on Thursday, Jules, he's got Empire of Japan and Sovereign Fund that are hard in the market under double figures, of course. But he was pushing towards the king at twenty three dollars. So that's to your point that sometimes the the punters and the big punters just don't know what to, what to do with these two year olds because there's not much of a, a sample size. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, obviously. You know, stables are always going to probably talk up every horse they've got, especially young ones. I mean, they're not going to say it's legless and can't win. 
Um, so, you, again, grain of salt. It's, it's the noise that you want to take in and then the noise you need to sort of remove as an analyst. You have yep. to decide, well, what, what am I doing if I'm just going to be listening to trainers full stop and take their word for it? Um, that's, that's the difference. I mean, otherwise, there's no point even going to doing any form on any race. So, yeah, I get, I get his point of view, but, you know, the market sort of got him the difference. I mean, if you said to him, okay, well, you can have a bet for your life, on who finishes ahead, and it's at level staking, I think he'd probably be pushed into Empire of Japan. Yeah, and then also um, he might like they are phenomenal trainers, but they I've got no idea, but they could be the world's worst punters. No, I think he's pretty good. My time interviewing Paul Snow, and he's rarely off the mark. He's he's pretty good, but I might ask him that question next time when he's got three runners. Now, this I've got a gun to your head, Paul. Um, level staking, who do you think will win? Yeah, welcome to America. Yeah. Which horse is going to win, mate? Yeah. 9.18, this is Gareth Hall, Jules Valens and Jack Dickens on the opening bell on winners. Don't go anywhere. I want to have a chat about, the, I think he's the most intriguing horse of the day and what price he might start in the Andrew Rams and I speak of White Marlin. Seize your moment with Inglis in 2023. Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogues online now at inglis.com.au. Live across Australia on SEN Track. This is Winners with Gareth Hall. Welcome back to Winners. Thanks to Kilmore Toyota. Ready when you are. KilmoreToyota.com.au. Inglis, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. And try top four betting today. All new at Picklebet. Can't wait for the Andrew Ramston, and uh, we've got White Marlin as the short price favourite. Jules Valens from foxcatcherintel.com and Jack Dickens with me this morning here on the opening bell, analysing these markets, seeing if we can work out where the big boys are going or if we can, um, if the markets can help us back a winner today. And Jules, White Marlin, as Sticko pointed out, just didn't enjoy the grass there at Pakenham like many horses mm-hmm. before him. He gets to Flemington. He's won here before. What do we do with him today from a punting perspective? If we like him, do we do we back him now? I don't think you have to, to be honest. I think he's tight enough. And from what I can sort of gather at the moment, I think he's going to get better than that 225, 230. I mean, we're actively wanting to lay him at Foxcatcher. We think he's as short as he could possibly get him. But I've been wrong a billion times, and I'll be wrong another billion times. So that's fine. But yeah, Sometimes I win, one. sometimes I lose. It's an interesting one. So um, we'll... Uh, Dicky knee we'll, there. Uh, what the... What the? Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> um, but there's enough support around him. So we suggest, okay, what, what should we do? Should we back him now or should we wait? And I think from that perspective, forget about what my opinion is. I think you here um, can wait and you'll get a better price. There's enough support for horses like Luna Flair, really solid. That's a good push from that camp. We know they're a good money camp, the big camp. So... That's going to tighten up. I think he's a shocker's firm enough. Um, there's enough sort of outside noise here to suggest you're going to get better at some stage throughout the day than the 225, 230 being bet White Marlin right now. So it's a horse race, Dicko. Is White Marlin producing the figures if he's on speed in his own way that they won't be able to catch him today at his best? White Marlin brings like the, the biggest fat benchmark to this race a 14.3 is over 2800 meters and it was at flemington which coincidentally is this track and trip Mm -hmm. i not confidently but i'll probably sit in the other corner here to jules i agree there's there's only three horses i think they're going to back so i don't think that they're going to drift because there's so much horses in this so many horses in this race i reckon 
you might get you might see two fifty, maybe, but I wouldn't be surprised if you saw two dollars at the same time. I think they'll spit out He's a Shocker or Luna Flare late. It'll be about how the track's been racing a little bit. Luna Flare's gonna be back and buried rails in run. He's a shocker's probably got the the, the like the PR map wise from Barrier Five and Blake Shin on. Um yeah, you're entitled to like he's a shocker. I mean, it, it was a brave ride, but a, an, you know, an expensive ride on the engine last start, and it was still thereabouts. He's flying that horse, but I just feel like, and I think they'll sort of find the PB is this track and trip for White Marlin. It looks like a grand final race for White Marlin, and I think they'll steam into it late, and I think it will win. And I, but I agree but importantly, I agree with... what I need to do and what you need to do if you enjoy the show is go to the app store and download Jules's app and have a bet. If you're price sensitive, he's going to be the best price out there. Get involved. Back yourself in. Take him on. Yeah, and I agree with everything that Dicko says. He's exactly right. And the bigger guys, obviously, we always talk about, well, what have, have they done the, the profile before on the same sort of conditions? And we sometimes see horses like, he's a shocker at, you know, Flemington 2,000 metres. After that, McKinnon, they sort of wanted to keep him pretty tight in other 2,000 metre races on a dry track. But one thing is, is that if I was to really drill down into White Marlin, is. Is he best on soft track? Now, I know it's a soft five right now. I think the times throughout the day are going to be the best friend for the punters because if we see this track getting to the good four times and even better of good four, then I'm going to be really interested to see what the big guys do do with White Marlin because all the numbers I've got are on soft tracks. And I know he yeah. won at Flemington here, but it, there was a bit of juice in that track on that cup, cup week. And I just wonder if, and I know Packham was a really dry track when he failed, and I know it's Packham and there's a bit going on in that grass to go, but um, <laughs> I just wonder if he really enjoys getting the toe into the ground. And we're going to find out today because this track's going to dry out by this race. Yeah, that's a great point because he, he's PB, this track and trips a soft five, which Jules is sort of saying might have been a soft six. And, and what we're tipping is going to be a sort of a... I think you've got to monitor... Your your internet drops in and out, Dicko. It's frustrating sometimes. You're halfway through your sentence and you we just we just lose you. I don't know what happens there. But just with that track, we had a we had a chat to the Flemington team there yesterday, and they expect they'll get an upgrade at some stage. But did you wait? I woke up in Melbourne Town today and there was a heavy fog, Jules. And sometimes when you get a heavy fog, that means that um, there's a lot of moisture in the in the the surface there. Um, on race day morning and it doesn't dry as quick as it does. If it's a clear morning, if you know what I mean. No, and I totally agree with that. And that's why I think just really analyzing these yes. times as we get them, we've got six races to be able to give us a really good sample size through the day of what this track's actually doing. And again, people might think, no, he's fine on a dry track. So it's actually irrelevant. It's just, that's what's in the back of my head. And that's what's playing into sort of my price, uh, my price point with this horse. Now for the sake of probably the Melbourne cup, I probably want this horse to come out and win by five and that'd be great. And I think we get some really good support around that idea, but um, let's go and see him do it on a dry track, which we're going to get today. But I get, agree. If there's a bit of a fog and you get some dew on the ground, then it might take a while, but uh, it looks a beautiful day in the sky at the moment. Jules, just yep. avenue for them to try and gauge the time, the times that they're running. Would would dot com be a good reference point and a guide like the the content on there or what what should they do? Yeah, to be honest, I think dot com are starting to do it a lot better than what they did probably twelve months ago. And I think if there's I don't know who's on, but BZ's really good at it. Um, and just he'll just give a a, a pretty good profile. But uh, I'll probably send out some things on Twitter as well, just from a standard point of view that I've got, mm-hmm. and we'll see yeah. where this track's at. Because I've I'm heavily invested skin in the game with White Marlin, so it's 
I can tell you, that's exactly what I'll be doing throughout the day because I'm going to have him for a stack and I need to know that theoretically if my opinions, if my idea is right, then I want to know what this track's playing. So we'll get some stuff out uh, and hopefully help the punter out because I think it's crucial today for this horse. 0499736736, 0499736736 to join our conversation with the opening bell. Jules Valance from foxcatcherintel.com. Jack Dickens, Gareth Hall with you. Uh, what do we do with this heavily supported debutant in this first race? I think you pronounced it Ithmus. Um, Anthony and Sam Friedman, Blake Shin in the saddle has had some really good backing. And we've got a, a horse that's been declared to us by friends in New Zealand at New Plymouth as well, Dicko, um, also on debut as a two-year-old. Should we be careful of just chiming into these well-backed commodities that we haven't seen at the racetrack? 100%. I think this presents a beautiful betting opportunity for everyone. Sheelight was enormous, not suited and killed him at Sandown. But it'll be it'll settle in front of Ithmuth, in my opinion, and Ithmus might never see it. I think Fragile Love was really good at Werribee and been it's been trimmed up. It was a bigger price. Uh, I'm with those two, big time. Um, I think, like Jules just said at the start of this show, I, I don't really care what the market does here, and you shouldn't either in these races. There's not a lot to go off. You just got to trust yourself, and these are good opportunities to make money. What are we doing in the first, Jules? Any opinion there with the market? No, and I think this is, again, another another example of when we talk about this. We know that these first days are going to be well back. There's obviously a good wrap. So I look at it right now and I go, yeah, really solid season. That's a positive push from a market perspective. But I also have in the back of my mind that um, Dicko's right, that the numbers there for Shelight are really solid. And so it, it almost has the opportunity for the real big guys to keep this first starter as tight as they can. And then in the last five minutes, we know the exchange and all that, the liquidity goes up. And then they can just absolutely monster these horses. Yeah. They do have data on. Now, if they have the data that is going through the roof, they will love this race because they will say, you know what, as good as this first starter might be, we think this other horse is going to win no matter what. And they will absolutely truckload any of these horses they have numbers on that have ran before. They're fascinating races to see, but the last five minutes you might see a complete reversal and they really unload on one of these runners and the first starter then gets out to a good price, which again becomes an opportunity if you really like the first starter and you like what you see in the trials because you're going to get a better price at some stage. So there's always two sides to it, but it's, it's always really interesting. And um, I love just watching these races from a, a market perspective because there's always so much happening. So the moral Good. of this story is if the, if you're at the football yesterday and uh, you got approached by five or six different people saying, Gareth, you better back or whoever you are. This first starter for the Freemans, they tell me it's a jet, a group one horse that is unbeatable. And you thought, oh, I've missed the price. Do I back it now? You just wait until... The closing stages of betting, and you'll get a better price according to the lads, Dicko. I'd be very surprised if if it got much shorter. Okay. Like, I'd be surprised and, if they stand into it. And and it's important. Like this is fresh blood, exciting betting race. Like throughout the week, they just benchmark sixty fours. They're all numbers, up and down, bobbing up and down. You might find one, and they'll go for it. These races are the most exciting to watch the betting. And and for that story as well, you're talking about guys for those people that have missed the price and then. They're looking at it and they see $3, $2.90 now. And I'm not suggesting this horse gets to $4 or four fifty or whatever, but I think at some stage it does get better. But if this horse ends up being two ninety into two fifty, two sixty, then I think that is the time you do have to have the bet because obviously the bigger guys would have gapped this horse already. They're saying, we have got nothing, so we don't want it. And if they can't find 
the horses that have already ran and don't want to back them, then they're meaning that their numbers aren't good enough. For whatever reason, they, they don't have the numbers going as good as, say, a Dicko or I have it. So I think that's another reason you just go, well, if I've been tipped the horse and I really want to back it, I'm not an advocate of taking rock bottom, but in these kinds of markets, sometimes the ones that hold their price and moving a little bit spe- speaks volumes compared to other horses coming in. 0499736736 to join our conversation. This is winners in the opening bell. Thanks to Kilmore Toyota. Ready when you are, kilmoretoyota.com.au. And Inglis, Australia's leading thoroughbred auction here. We'll take the news and we'll come back with your questions. We'll analyse a few more, a few of the other races there, of course, at uh, Flemington, Scone, and also take a close look at the South Australian Derby, the Group 1 race there, and, of course, Adelaide this afternoon. There was a friend of mine on murder And the judge's gavel fell Saturday morning, great to have your company right across the country. Hopefully you're enjoying your Saturday morning. The NBA is about to kick off. Can the Miami Heat defeat the Knicks and close off their playoff series? And our man, Ollie Landos, he's going at, he's had 11 bets for us throughout Giddy Up and Winners, and he's hit his multi nine times. He's a freak. Wow. He's just a freak. 315 his multi today is. Um, Jimmy Butler, 25 plus. Jalen Brunson, 25-plus in that first game. And then he's got Clay Thompson to score 20 or more points. So that multi is, is, is around 315. Um, winners win here. And Ollie's a winner. And he's been dominating proceedings. So he's just seeing them beautifully. He's like just shooting the lights out like Steph Curry with his multis. Now, Jules, is there any other races in particular that really catch your eye there at Flemington from a market perspective? Yeah, there's a few, to be honest. But I think the most... Interesting one from a market perspective for me is race eight. So the 1,400-metre race. And the reason is is you've got a favourite Outlaws Revenge who's done some really good things, obviously won the Wongoom on a really wet track. And now he's this is a horse that's taking up a fair bit of percentage. But I think from a perspective of a market, you just want to see what the market does with green fly. So it's on the minimum 53 kilos. It's first up. It's got the detonated jack form line. Obviously, you know, back three, four months ago, which was white hot. Um, and then you've got another horse called Packing Waltham for the Hayes Camp, who's been really well supported as well. So I'm really interested in those two horses from a market perspective to see what happens there because they could really continue to cascade down. And if that's the case, then Outlaw's Revenge, if you like it, think it's going to get 1,400 metres and be able to um, get through that wide gate, then you're going to get much better than what you're getting right now. So from that perspective of market purely, I found Greenfly and probably Pack and Welcome in race eight really interesting. Especially like a heavy track to potentially a good four, yes. Jules. Yes. On, without loss revenge. Yeah, and never been to 1,400 metres and draws wide. So do they take their medicine mm. and go back or do they 1,400 metres? We don't get too worried about barriers sometimes from a map perspective. That 1,400 metre turn comes up pretty quick. So Dean Yendall's going to have to be right on his game to either find a spot if he doesn't, could make it difficult. Another fascinating race is race two. Mr. Mojo Ryzen. Uh, import Kiwi. Amazing win if you go back and do your data and watch it. Um, it's been well backed. I don't know what price it'll start, but it could just be a complete and utter steamer. 
that's a really good point because it's screaming at us, isn't it? Really, that mm. we don't know. Well, it's, it's a it's a race of numbers outside that, Jules. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, interesting to see what they do with DK with that inside gate. We, I, I thought last start from the inside draw they'd lead. They didn't. They took a sit. To this time, they try and lead. And Private Jumbo, who's you know got she dances form and then knocked off a, a maiden at a dollar thirty, um, but got that wide draw again at the fourteen hundred meters. Bo Merton's going to have to be right on his best. So. There's some holes with those two horses that I just mentioned, mentioned Dicko, that if uh, Mr. Mojo Rising is uh, lives up to the market expectation here, he could, um, yeah, space him. Mail out of Kiwi land is that he's very, very good and they expect him to win. The yeah, whereas like Race for the Eight is another horse that's a bit new to the scene and it's been utterly, yeah. utterly friendless. It's, they opened at 550 because they didn't know where to put it. It's out to $12. It'll probably start 20s. It's a good horse, they tell about. me, but they, but um, we had Trent Busterton on the other day, and he gave it no hope, basically, too short. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's I think what Dicko raises there is a really good point that where market intelligence is just so important when you're doing your numbers. So you could have when you first do your first pricing, or even if you don't do pricing, go yeah, it could be a chance. You know, it's around that seven eight dollar mark, and you sort of don't know where it lands, and then you need that bit of intelligence from the market perspective on a Saturday morning to say okay. No, this horse is removed, and then you can remove it from your market, and then you can you can go elsewhere. But um, that's a really so good important. point, Jules. So, like, I, I price off data largely, and I'll make I make these horses the market. So I make them about the price that the market has them on a, on a Wednesday night, and then so the horse in race two, I've now I've bonused it a little bit because the market's come to it, so I'm under it. So I'm never going to lay it. And I might back it. Probably going to go today, see it in the yard. The other horse made market, and now I've penalised it because the market's spitting it out. I think it's important to just all those factors you need to put into whatever you do. You just can't think you're ever going to be smarter than the market because it's just not going to end well. Yes. Mm. Now, just quickly before we take a quick break here, um, Dicko, you're really keen on lethal thoughts. Now, Ma decided, Ma and Yusuf decided to stay in Melbourne with his galloper. Um, it's had some good backing. What price do you want today? Um, well, I'm already on, so I don't care. Um I think it'll start $3. I can't see it starting too much shorter than $3. Yeah. I think it's going to get a really good run. So is Toronto Terrier. But you can make a case and you're entitled to Russian Dancer at the same time. The one they have backed, which we tipped on the show too, G, is Semyon for Busted and Young. So yeah. I think we might have taken 20 bucks, 18 $19, something around there. It's in a $10. And yeah, the first wave said, yeah, this horse is going to run well. It's going to, it's going to roll forward for sure with this market support. There'll be another wave come probably in about an hour and a half, and that'll decide if this horse starts $7 or, or $13. Jules, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I'm, um, I just, I looked at this race and I thought from a map perspective, maybe Lethal Thoughts would end up back three rails, so I was happy to take it on. Uh, so I'm going to be, again, riding a few of these sort of short price favourites that I know have the right hormones to win this race. But I went down a path Thursday, Friday, and I'm sort of nailed to the cross now with it. So... I'm hoping from a bookmaking perspective, it does end up three rails and might not get all the luck, but it's a tricky race and I can see uh, edge of the seat sort of stuff. Yeah, well, that's how that's how important maps are. I've got a coffin, which is leaders back. So yeah, there's a yeah. difference. There's a difference in opinion and a difference in betting. 0499736736. Send your questions in. Let's take a break. This is Winners with Gareth Hall, Jack Dickens and Jules Valance on this Saturday morning. Seize your moment with Inglis in 2023. Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogues online now at inglis.com.au. Live across Australia on SEN Track. This is Winners with Gareth Hall.
Welcome back to Winners. This is the opening bell. Scones got some listed racing. It's their feature meeting of the year. And I'm fascinated to get the, the thoughts of the team in the Luskin Star, which is race eight on the program, because we had a chat to Johnny O'Shea the other day about why her half falls. And this horse needs, given the ground, it's a good four. And it, it is the equal favorite at the moment with the Philly Opal Ridge who goes to this race instead of the three-year-old race jewels. So I find that market interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't end there, to be honest. I mean, probably if you want to say a horse that's been best backed throughout the day and also then going into today, I'd probably suggest it's Tamerlane. Yes. And if I was to go out on a limb and suggest which one starts favourite between Tamerlane, Titanium Power, Wahai Falls and Opal Ridge, and I know you're right, Opal Ridge and Wahai Falls are clearly in front of the third horse there, Tamerlane at the moment. But I'd almost say Tamerlane has got a chance of actually starting favourite in a very open race. But um, I think that's a good betting race from the perspective that there's plenty of opinions. Uh, so they're finding it difficult to really separate one of them at this stage. It's a good opinion type of day there at Scone because there's plenty of great betting races, competitive racing. Dicko, is there any horse that's been standing out to you with the markets that the punters really want this morning? No, it hasn't. And I think it's important, though. This is race eight, day two of a carnival on a mm. on a bush track. So you'll see a bias I would tip for sure and I'd, that's what the market will swing to late here so this yeah. would be I don't know how, how many was there yesterday 10 probably no 8 yeah so this would be the 16th race yep. on that track inside 24 hours and there'll um, be a pattern Any have you got anything to write about Scone today Jules no I always find these um, yeah. days very difficult it's the same as what we get in Victoria with Bendigo and those kinds of yep. um, days, Ballarat, it just can be really tricky. You've just got so many different form lines coming from everywhere. Uh, it can be a very, very tricky day. I'll take a quick break. I'll come back to your questions and then we'll get the boys' opinion on the SA Derby and that meeting, plus their best bets and also their lays of the day here on the opening bet. Seize your moment with Inglis in 2023. Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogues online now at inglis.com.au. Live across Australia on SEN Track. This is Winners with Gareth Hall. Welcome back to Winners Opening Bell Time, South Australian Derby. And uh, important riding change here. Brian Higgins picks up the ride on Red Sun Sensation with Luke Nolan injured last night. So, Trumpy get better. Um, so $14 for that galloper. Now, what do you think the market does here in uh, this group one, Jules? Because the Philly's the favourite for Dan Morton at the moment. Yeah, she's and fit. A little bit act- yeah, she's very good in the, um, obviously, the Australasian Oaks uh, at last start. And there's a bit of action done on the exchange earlier, sort of Thursday, Friday. Obviously, you know, some of the bigger bookmakers didn't want to be having this as a big liability. So we're trying to get her price in. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with her today. But I will say that promises kept New Camp now and she's fit to the two that seem to be holding their price from what I can see. And then the two that if you like these two horses, I would be waiting because you're going to get a better price. And they're in the market. And I speak of Zero and Loco. Can't lay them at all. And they're going to be much bigger than what they are right now. So if you do like those two horses, Zero and Loco, be holding off. If you gave me a hundred dollars today and said you're only allowed to have one bet, it'll be on Loco today. Thank you very much. So, my my mail is Willow would have taken the ride on She's Fit if he like he, they wanted him on Red Sun Sensation if he was there. And yeah. I think it's going to start clear favourite. Um, I cannot understand the price promises kept. There hasn't been one winner from that Bendigo run. 
Mm. Like how much? How many lengths is a different camp and Mark Zara worth? Well, with that, with the Zara thing, I can I can get. But the other thing is, they they wouldn't have had enough work to do with the horse. With I mean, I get it for the next prep. Maybe they can really improve. I'm not saying you know where it's come from is a bad yeah. camp either. But it's just their numbers are, are, are very big. But they wouldn't have had it for very long, would they? Dicko would have thought. Well, no, Max, Max had it for like three weeks. Yeah, I'd but say. it goes to Cranbourne Beach, you know, change of scenery. Every time I go for a run in a different um, city, or I jump out of the ground. I, yeah. I, I, I stormed around the streets of Perth the other day um, after um, not being there for six or so months. Change of scenery does wonders to your mind. You should try it, Dicko. Um, good morning, lads. Just want to acknowledge how invaluable the insight you two gents provide us, Mugs. I've learned a great deal in the last six months from listening to you both across the SEN track platforms. You break it down into easy-to-understand language so casual weekend punters like me can learn and grow. Great minds. And, gee, you're just the icing on the cake. Oh, thanks for that, Dylan. Sensational message. Uh, morning, Gareth. Send him an SEN track yeah, T-shirt. Um, I'll get to the Belmont quite a little later on. Um, g'day, Gareth. I absolutely love the opening bell, but is there something the Jules and the Green Cafe 100% disagree on? Cheers. Gee, that's from Kev from Witchy Proof. Um, well, I think I think so. I think they like white marlin, to be honest, Kev, and I'm against white marlin. And Beautiful. I think they probably, that, that might be the one, they probably like Outlaw's Revenge, and I don't like it either. So yep. on today, I like the horse, but just. And, just Jules, today, had it, and Jules might be vulnerable because I saw him out on Thursday night. I don't know if his preparation has been as, as good as the other week so you might get him on a you know that's a big you, call i mean yeah you might get him we've got, today we've got to go back just seven days <laughs> yeah my favorite listening hour and doing the form was rather rudely interrupted by my wife who needed to tell me about her day at work yesterday well you got to listen to the wife uh, oh, i'd because... be more concerned if jules like did have a strong oh, okay. discipline preparation no, so you sort of want your star players dave to just wants to know patterns. dave wants to know jules what do you do with the queensland derby market now with his favorite coming out and going to the doomben cup next week in preparation for the derby that's cover leaker of course out of the rough habit today yeah, anything with a foot abscess always worries me going into a staying race. So I'd be buyer beware about it and looking elsewhere. Foot abscesses, they can they can get over them quickly or they can linger a little bit like a blister if you don't, in a way. It's hard to explain, but I agree with Jules. Um, but they say it'll gallop on Tuesday, so it won't miss much work. Anyway, good on you, lads. Thanks for that, Dicko. Hey, Jules, enjoy your day. Thanks, mate. Oh, that's, good. that's the opening bell. I'll get the boys' um, best bets and lay out, um, in the news, and then I'll tell you after after the news.